The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Hey there, Do Joy listeners. I have a new friend to share with you today, and she is awesome. Victoria Shaw is on staff with me at the Institute for Creative Living. I think y'all know I've been a little funky in my energy lately. Nothing terrible, just some events unfolded that have pulled me out of what's normally a pretty freaking high groove. So I knew Victoria not only did intuitive readings, but she's a licensed therapist. She's immersed herself in all the ancient wisdom and contemporary science kind of stuff that we work with at Joy School. I just had a deep recognition that she is of my soul tribe. So full disclosure, I had a reading with her earlier today and I discovered she's not only brilliant, she's badass, she's funny, she's tapped in, she's vibrant. I felt like, and this is a little bit woo-woo for me, but I felt like her power center, talking chakras now, was lit up. She just exudes this powerful energy and I'm sure not coincidentally, the upshot of my reading is that it's time for me to step up my game in that department. As y'all know, I have a long, deep history of people-pleasing, of being an expert chameleon who turns herself into whatever the person in front of her would most like her to be, and that's pretty much been the crux of my journey, learning to step into my power to ever greater degrees. And being with Victoria was super energizing in that regard. I feel like there's a rub-off effect that happens sometimes when souls intertwine on something like that. And I feel like my power center has been activated by hers. So that's a pretty amazing service that she may or may not have intended to offer me earlier today. Victoria, beautiful new friend, thank you for being here on the Do Joy podcast and thank you for my reading earlier. Oh my God, and thank you for having me and thank you for that introduction, which I will be playing again and again and again whenever I feel like I need a boost. (laughs) (laughs) The kindest words ever, thank you. I imagine if you play anybody talking about you in any way, shape, or form, you would get that boost. I can't imagine that anyone would discuss. You're so kind. Yeah, I'm going to take a minute to take that in because it's so much appreciated. And I would say to, you know, whenever, and, and I told you too, that when I got off the call and um, went for my walk on the beach, that's what I did in between our little chatting. Uh, I was just amazed by your energy and how uplifted I felt from the reading. So, you know, it's, it goes both ways. And that's what I say to people too. Like, it's not that when you go to a healer, when you go to an intuitive, when you go to anything that I'm giving you anything. And if I'm giving you anything of mine, please give it back, (laughs) right? Because that's not how it's supposed to work, right? What we're doing is we're awakening that remembering within you, within the client, within the patient, within the, you know, whoever is on the other side of that healy healer relationship thingy-majiggle. Um, it's awakening that knowing in you, it's a resonance. And, and so I just think we are playing, you know, um, old soul, uh, you know, ping pong there. (laughs) And it was really fun. And I I would, I would play that game again anytime. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that awakening the resonance in me. That feels that, that feels even more powerful. See, you know how to convey that making somebody else feel powerful about it. It wasn't just rub off. You're saying it was in me. 
It's beautiful. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And you know, some people they learn like different healing modalities and they really think and a lot of empaths do this too. So empaths are the feelers of the world where, you know, they they feel what everybody else is feeling and sometimes they get a little confused and they think it means they have to do something about it. And sometimes what they try to do is do it with their own energy. Right. And so they try to kind of get in there and, you know, I know it'll make that person feel good. And we try to boost them with our own energy. But you see that the the magic of walking on Earth is that we learn to do it for ourselves and we can get support. I love getting support. I have my own support crew and I'm tapping into them all the time. But it's recognizing that the support that I have is awakening that power within me. And so we don't want to cross the line and start trying to, you know, caretake other people in a way that disempowers them, even if it feels like helping. Mm, yeah, that that was a kind of one of the themes of today, hasn't it been? I like that. That's really important yeah. to keep in mind because a lot of us kind of get our value and worth from our caretaking abilities and how well we're doing and uplifting those around us. And if we're not giving 110% to that, then what good am I? What, what's my purpose here if I'm not doing this for everyone around me? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a story a lot of people have playing. And I think, you know, there are worse stories to have. Uh, you know, you could have the story that it's all about me and I don't care about you. And that one, I think is a slightly lower vibration. But I do think that we get to a place when that compassionate heart is awakened and, and we do maybe want to caretake others, but we also learn boundaries and we also learn about you know, finding the power within ourselves, honoring that, honoring ourselves, honoring the vessel, and then, you know, that is who you are. And then from there, our compassion is so much stronger. It's so much stronger. It's so much clearer. It's so much purer and it's empowering to everyone around us. Mm -hmm. And because I know that this is a podcast about happy, yeah. right? It's also more joyful for us because when you have that kind of martyr complex going in your head, like I have to give to 110% to everybody else. Um, and, and I'm not super good at math, but I'm pretty sure that means there's nothing left for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to be the, the light that's spilling out. We want to have the overflow of our light for others, not uh, scraping the, the bottom of the barrel to give it to others. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then, you know, I love that image too, because when you're thinking about being the light for others, right, they're going to see it. They're not going to see it. They're going to use it as, as, they, as they see fit. You know, you're not having to do anything. You're just having to be yourself and bring yourself to the equation and bring yourself to the table. And the people that are ready to see what you have to offer to be inspired by that light will take it. And the other people will cover their eyes and walk the other way. And that's okay. Right? <laughs> no harm, no foul. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk about so many things with you. Um, I just love how you show up in the world. I know you're helping to raise the vibration of humanity and wow, humanity could use that right about now. So I, I want to ask you a question that's been coming up lately with my podcast guests and that is, how do you think we're doing? I mean, like evolving is happening and it feels painfully slow to those of us who are working in service of speeding it up. But like, what's your take on the state of humanity at this point in time? Oh, that's 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 a big question. <laughs> um, first of all, I have to disclose I'm a complete and total optimist, and I'm I I'll never you know I don't I don't think I'm ever putting that one down. Uh, so I think we're doing okay. I really think that we're doing okay, and I think that what's happening now, and this is the way it's been explained to me, and I'll tune into my guidance as well because that's that's usually how I roll. Um, I think that what's happening is like we talked about, you know, the the light as the vibration of the planet rises and it's rising. And it's been explained to me that we're at a point in time when there's enough higher vibratory beings on the planet right now, even if it's a small percentage, it's the most that we've had in a really long time. And that so there's an aggregate mass of more awakened, and I, I don't always like that word, but I'm going to use it now, higher vibing souls on the planet right now and energies in general that are supporting the planet right now to help us get to the next phase in our evolution. But as this happens and as we sort of turn up the lights, right, on the planet Earth, you know, it, it, the, what's, what's not resonant with that is going to be more apparent. Mm. 
And so it's more about as you know, we turn off the light, we see all the dust in all the corners, we see everything that wants to change. And within us too, we're going to see it, you know, as that temperature, uh, this is another image I get. And it's funny, because a guest on my podcast shared the same one. And it I was like, well, it made me so happy. But, you know, as you turn off the heat on a pot of soup, right, or a pot of water, all the impurities are going to float to the top. Mm-hmm. Right? As, it, as it gets ready to release. And, and that's what's happening right now. And so I think, you know, if you're in the thick of it, it doesn't feel like a very good thing. And, you know, the human mind has all sorts of ideas of what's good and bad. And, and sometimes they're helpful enough and they're not. But I do think it's a good thing overall. And I do think what's happening now is an uplifting of the planet. And I'm very hopeful and optimistic. I am as well. I was talking about that on a recent solo podcast that that this is the shadow coming up and it's painful and it's ugly, but just like in a, a human life, the shadow has to come up to be healed in the microcosm and the macrocosm, it's the same. It's just what needs to come up to the surface and no one wants it to and we don't like to see it or feel it, but it's it's toward a greater good, I believe. Absolutely. And I also think it's really important. There's been periods of time when this kind of stuff was going on, you know, it's all repeated themes. Nothing is new where it was, it was just normal. It was normal. It was expected. It wasn't questioned. It was just the way the world works. <laughs> but now we do have a lot more questioning and now we do have a lot more, you know, WTFs. And uh, again, that speaks to the, the higher level of awareness that so many of us are getting to. We're starting to wake up and say like, that doesn't feel right. Yes. And so again, it's, it's opportunity to heal and to release. Beautiful. Yes, I, that's just exactly what I had recently uh, expressed as well. So I love to find um, find confirmation about that, especially from you know your your sources that you you listen to there, and and it just feels like that has to be the case because when you look back, you can definitely see that we're we're better off than we ever were. I, I yeah. made reference recently with the Black Lives Matter movement and Me Too movement that it's just cleaning up long overdue not quite there yet pieces and yeah you know a couple of centuries ago the brutal takeover of one nation by another was just how nations were formed and birthed and grew and nobody thought twice about it and the fact that it is a matter of complete outrage practically globally around the world with almost everybody that you would ask is a sign that we're doing better than we've done before so yes yeah exactly I listened to your podcast about releasing the fear of life, that whole concept of surrender. <laughs> That's one that we work a lot with in Joy School. I love what you had to say about it. If you had like one bit of wisdom for the listeners about how to get better at that faith, that that absolute trust that's required to trust in the process, remember that whatever's unfolding is happening for us and not to us, what's your best like position to come from that could help help listeners find that place in themselves just one all right I'll yeah just one a couple. no okay? no you you can like list them off all right good deal um i think the first one is look for the miracles uh because they're happening all the time and they're big and small but when you start to look for those synchronicities when you start to look for the times when things are working, it is truly miraculous. And I just went through a little bit of a a crisis, a little bit of an internal health kind of emotional issue. And one of the things that really sustained me through it was just recognizing all the miracles right and left that were happening. It, It kept me, it kept me going. It kept me realizing that I was supported, that even though, you know, my brain certainly would never would have said, Hey, let's, let's do this. (laughs) Not in a million years. It still does not want to go back there. But it gave me that deeper faith. And and for me, the miracles were pretty striking. Like pretty crazy things were happening, like signs and and, uh, it it was mind blowing the way things were lining up and giving me reassurance even in the darker moments. But it doesn't have to be mind blowing. It can be little things. It can be, you know, just someone saying something nice to you. It can be um, you know, seeing a sunset or having someone call you at just the right moment when you needed to talk to someone. So the first thing is to recognize, you know, the miracles and start to pay attention to them because then you'll, you'll, you'll understand and you'll feel kinesthetically, you'll know that life is working for you because it always is. And our brain is going to look for all the ways in which it's not. And we'll always find you know, the, the evidence quote unquote of that. 
But if you can start to pay attention to where things are flowing, that's where you kind of get back in the groove. And then the second piece of that is, you know, we all have a part of ourselves that does feel like a hapless victim of life. We just do, you know, we have that part of us that's not fully awakened yet, that, you know, doesn't understand that life is happening with us, not to us, and and feels, you know, hurt, aggrieved, upset, angry, forsaken. And we all have that peace. It doesn't necessarily go away as you proceed around along your, you know, quote unquote awakening journey. And and so when it comes up for you, just spend a lot of time to soothe it and love it. Let it be there. Don't argue with it. Definitely don't get lost in it. If you find yourself getting lost in it and you feel like a victim for a while and then you snap out of it, every time you snap out of it, you're coming back into that more enlightened state. And that's a really good thing. And but but when it comes up for you, be kind to yourself. Be kind to it. Love it. Because that is the other way to transform. And sometimes people that have, you know, read a lot of spiritual books, they they look at their human parts and they're like, oh no, it means that I've regressed or I'm not awakened or I'm not good enough. And you're human. You're both. So be kind to those parts. Thank you for that one. Oh, that's a good one. I love that. That is awesome. So in... in Joy School, in my Year of Joy program that we're starting, we pay attention to the cycles of the seasons. And spring is the time of new beginnings and freshness and a renewed sense of freedom and vitality. I'm wondering in the work that you do, if you find that there are certain times of year that are more auspicious for certain types of personal work or metaphysical growth for your clients or for yourself. I have never, ever, ever thought about that before. Um, not a once. Okay, so, to be fair, neither had I, but I was asked by a publisher to write a book with that angle, so I've been studying it and looking into it. So <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, you know, sometimes those are the little nudges that we need to feel into it. So I know it's a thing, and I know, like, with Ayurveda, different people resonate with different seasons. I know I'm a summer girl in terms of what I love, Um, But I tend to get most of my work done in the fall and in the spring. Um, So I don't know what that means. And so winter is is sometimes for me more of like an introspective time. And summer for me is like, don't make me do anything other than be in the sun. I now live in California, so I don't know how that might shift when the sun is plentiful, you know, year round. But um, having just moved from a lifetime in northern climates, like I just don't mess around in the summertime. Um, so I know my own personal rhythms, but it'd be my understanding that probably different people have their own. And also there's the metaphors and the kind of, um, or the archetype or whatever you want to say about the different seasons too. And I'm sure that affects us as well. Yeah. I, I've been really interested in, in um, everything that I've learned about how people centuries ago tribal people were so in tune with the seasons and how we humans try to just like power through and do the same thing day in and day out no matter what the you know nature around us is telling us and we Uh. actually need more sleep in the winter and we think that we're just feeling draggy or lazy or uninspired but it's because we actually need more sleep so yeah just a little because the days are shorter and they're dark (laughs) right exactly Yeah, but I think you said something else that's so important and something that for me too has become so much more real for me um, since I've moved to California is just that connection that we all have with nature and with natural rhythms. And I've always been a nature lover and well, not always, not as a kid. I probably stayed in my room all the time um, (laughs) hiding under a blanket. But like since then, um, I've always been a nature person as an adult and really more and more feel into that. Um, and really feel into how connected we all are to, you know, we human beings in, you know, this century sort of think about, we feel, think of ourselves as being detached from life, right? Being detached from nature, from the cycles of life, but you're a part of that. Like you're not. And so when we tune into that and indigenous cultures, like they always knew that we are part of this, the circle of life. We are part of that. And so, you know, if you, if you eat an animal and some people do, and some people don't, and and it's a choice, but if you eat an animal, like you understand how that animal sacrificed in service for you and, and was of service to you, you understand your role in, in that framework. And I think, you know, more and more as I've moved here and I get to be outside all the time and get to go to the beach all the time, like it just feels so much more real to me. Um, but you you can do that in, up north too. 
Um, <laughs> it's yeah. all good. <laughs> but it's really, I think, I mean, you speak to that. And I think, you know, the season is just one little piece of that. But when we understand, you know, our role in nature, you know, it brings us back to, to our core. Yeah, absolutely. That inner being. Yeah. And yeah. And I know that you have a really strong connection to your core, your inner wisdom, your intuitive guidance. Um, I'd love for you to share maybe a technique for having that conversation with your higher self. Is there anything? I always give my listeners a practice that they can take into their week, some little thing to pay attention to or notice or do that week. And, um, you know, definitely tapping into that inner wisdom is something that we're very keen on. I'd love to know uh, if there's yeah. any any little little tricks that that you employ. little tricks oh I there's lots of tricks I've been teaching on this for over a decade <laughs> so yeah and you know it's different for everybody um, I think of intuition from a spiritual perspective you don't have to but that's just how it works for me so I think about this idea that when we all come into our physical bodies and I think that we get lots of physical bodies so we get lots of we're, we're soul having some human experiences and um, when we come into the physical body we make an agreement to forget a lot of stuff and we put that blindfold on and and we forget you know that we're divine beings at our core and we forget all the things that our spirit knows or most of them and then you know the joy is to navigate the obstacle course blindfolded and then rediscover all the things that we've always known about ourselves after you know with the blindfold on but the good news is you don't have to do it totally alone because we all have this thing called intuition and intuition is your connection back to your soul I like to say it's your spiritual GPS system. So it's always there. It's always guiding you. Most of us have been taught, you know, to put our hands over our eyes, over the blindfold, over our ears and not hear it. Um, but we can all rediscover it. And again, with what's happening with the planet now, I feel that more people are finding it harder to ignore their intuition. It's getting louder. And also there's more of an understanding and an acceptance that it's a thing. And I've been doing this for just about 12 years. So not even a whole lifetime. And the growth that I've seen in the people that come to me, the kind of questions that they ask, the curiosity about intuition, it's just everyone is sort of awakening to this idea that they have this support. So that's the first thing. And I say that too, because intuition is one of those things that when you start to pay attention to it, you realize that it's happening all the time and that it's been happening all the time. And again, you just have been looking the other way. So the first step is always to set that intention and start to notice when it's happening anyway. Because uh, it, it is, there's not a human being on this planet that does not have a connection to their inner wisdom. It's impossible. We're all souls having a human experience and we're all connected. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you, um, I, I feel like I've heard you say that you didn't always recognize that connection or nourish it or did things yeah. happen in your life to awaken that connection for you? So for me, I was a highly intuitive child and I was probably and a huge out of control empath. So I felt everything for everybody all the time. And um, I was completely overwhelmed. So it was sort of like all the channels were going at once. And I know looking back at my life, a couple of things. One, whenever anything really quote unquote good happened to me, it always just happened. It always just dropped in my lap and I'd always be like, this is so weird. So again, sign that I was guided. Um, we're all guided, but I, I had that realization, that recognition that it's really funny, but when the good things happen, they, you know, it's not anything I do, they just appear. And then I also used to really um, have deep, like I would just know things. I would just know things that you shouldn't, you know, that I didn't know how I knew. And people would say that's so insightful for a seven-year-old. And I was like, <laughs> whatever, I just, I just know this. Like I just knew things about people, about the world, about how things worked. I just kind of had that sixth sensory ability. Um, and so those were the things I was also, um, I had learning disabilities, but I was a really good writer and I realized now my writing voice was my intuition. And so I would just get out of the way and you know this cause you're also a you know, really good and really, you know, um, published and well-received writer, but I would get out of the way and it would just come through me. And, um, so that, and that saved me in a lot of places where my rote memory wasn't so grand, but boy, could I write. So it really, really helped me get through school and I, and I have a lot of schooling <laughs> to, to uh, prove uh, to thank for it but um, so about what happened for me is so it was something I always knew and the empathy I kind of always knew too I grew up in a family where intuition wasn't really a thing but my mom was really psychic not in a real healthy way uh, but she always knew things too so there was like there was that you know 
that kind of understanding. She was an empath. And so there was, there was some words around it, but it wasn't real clean and clear. I'm just going to put it that way. It was a little bit muddy and messy, but I did have a little bit of understanding that it could be a thing. Um, definitely didn't have the spiritual perspective though, which has been a godsend. But then what happened when I was in my forties, um, or no, probably mid thirties, early to mid thirties, uh, you know, I, I had had a career in academia I had found the love of, I wanted to study the mind and the brain and consciousness. And I'd found that love, I think, through my intuition and through just my desire to kind of understand people and the world and the universe and these big philosophical questions that got opened up in high school and then kind of closed down a little bit in college because uh, it was more left brain. And then the door got closed all the way in grad school. And so I got to the end of grad school and I was like, this isn't my passion anymore. And I was at a level that to do it at that level and not have it be a passion would have been a really bad idea. Um, Cause you know, it was like, you had to give your life to this career. And, um, and so I took some time off and I raised my family, but I kept thinking there was something I, I kept knowing there was something I was supposed to be doing and I wasn't doing it. And, you know, the feeling didn't go away. And then I was really fortunate because at the same time I had this out of the box pediatrician that was introducing me to all these wacky, out of the box healers, like energy healers. And I mean, even acupuncture was out of the box for me back then and medical intuitives. And they all kept saying, you're so intuitive. You're so intuitive. What are you going to do with this? And, you know, I was like, yeah, I got to do something. I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do. And then I kept getting this message and like, you know, sometimes it just takes a lot at some point. I was like, oh, (laughs) and as soon as I made that commitment to, you know, reawaken my intuition, everything about my life changed and it changed fast. And, you know, I just keep letting my inner wisdom guide me from there. And so far, so good. Oh, yeah. So far, so good for sure. So, yeah. So your intuition told you to awaken your intuition and you listen. Yeah. (laughs) It's a gift that keeps on giving. And when I teach intuition development, I often say as you start to tune into it, right, it'll show you more and more like what you need to do next. So. Right. Again, it's 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 amazing, and and it's really at the heart of of everything that I do, everything that I do. And this is from someone you know who has three advanced degrees, one from an Ivy League. So, you know, pretty left brained. I was an academic psychologist. I did research, published in you know peer rever- peer reviewed journals, the whole jam. Um, but I realized looking back, everything that I did that was of value throughout my life was always guided by my intuition. And in service to this place where you are right now, where you can just dovetail all of that so effectively and yeah. beautifully. Yeah, yeah, there are never any wrong steps. Oh, no, I don't regret a minute. And, you know, the way that I look at it and the way that I teach it is that my intellect is a beautiful thing for my intuition to use. Yeah, yeah. that's the, and, that's the order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Often we get used by the intellect, but it's the other way around. My guides will say in a session, like, Hey, you know that thing you know, tell them about that. And then they will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other way around is so slow because you have to like figure out this and figure out that. And then, like, meanwhile, your intuition is so fast. Yeah. So in terms of like what my listeners could do to tap into their intuition, I'm going to go out on a limb and it sounds like you've talked a lot about noticing, noticing the miracles, noticing the signs, noticing is an, an observation practice initially. So the first thing is to notice it and notice where it's happening for you. Sometimes I have people journal on all the things that they think could be their intuition, the things that they knew, but they didn't know how they knew it, but they were right. Oftentimes those are the times when you knew something and you didn't listen to it and it was right because those are the ones you remember and those are great validations that your intuition is working. I had one of those the other day, which was such a metaphor for life. I was, um, I just moved to this area. So I'm, you know, trying to meet people and and get out there. And uh, I was going to a meetup, but I also don't know the area. So I'm going to a meetup and it's in an area I haven't been to before. And I'm running a little bit late and I hop in the car and something tells me immediately that I don't have the right address in the GPS. Usually the meetup, it'll, you know, sync to your calendar and it'll tell you where to go, but something's telling me it's wrong, but I'm already in the car. I'm like, So I asked my guidance to like, show me how to get there and to get me there, which was kind of funny because they had already given me the information, (laughs) you know? So of course I end up at some parking garage downtown, 15 minutes from where I needed to be. And I missed the meetup. Um, But again, those moments for me, it did a couple of things. One, it reminded me that when you have the intuition act on it, you know, don't just wait for the universe to save you. (laughs) There's some personal investment in here too. 
<laughs> um, but the other piece, again, it's those moments that you know you're hearing it clearly because you really remember. But there's also practices that you can do above and beyond that to connect with your intuition. Anything that stills the mind mm. will help you connect with your inner wisdom because the mind is the noise and the stillness is where your intuition comes from. Mm. For me, when I tap in, I have almost this experience of moving into the space. And that's how it is for me. It's different for everyone, but it's just I drop down, I move into the space, and the space is just the space of pure potential. It's just the space where everything comes from is the only way to describe it. And when I move into that space, that's where I hear my guidance. When I'm in my mind, not so much. And the mind is the noise. Yeah. So so anything that stills your mind, whether it's meditating or being around water or walking in nature or breathing or doing things like cooking, knitting that or driving. Some, I, I hate to drive, but some people find they get great insights when they're driving. Anything that just quiets the mind a little bit or keeps the mind just a little bit busy, repetitive exercise, running, walking um, will often help you hear your inner guidance. That's great advice. Great wisdom. Yeah. And dreams too are another good time. If you're asleep, you're out of the way. So you can set the intention to get information or guidance in your dreams. I, I've been doing that a lot recently. And then write down what you get. You know, have a little journal by the bed, write it down when you wake up. That's another great time. Sometimes too, I get a lot of information as I'm falling asleep because you're in that kind of in-between state and the mind is soft. And I, I get a lot of information that way, especially the things, you know, the things that um, I wouldn't see otherwise, because sometimes it's real easy to hear your intuition when you're not super attached to the information coming through, when it's more matter of fact, when it's more playful, when it's more fun, but when you're really serious and when you really need to know, and when you're really like emotionally, you know, activated, those are the times it's harder for your guidance to get to you usually. And it's the harder for you to hear it because you're more likely to kind of have your own ideas or block it or be afraid to hear it. Or so those are the moments where like dreams and, and, you know, um, can really be helpful. Yeah. It's almost like the harder you try, the more you're blocking it with that, that energy. Mm. Exactly. How has your intuition come to you? Me? Uh-huh. I, I, I'm very sort of personal with my intuition. I have a, okay. a, my intuition has a sense of humor. I tend to like laugh a lot about things that I interpret as signs. And even when I try to explain it to somebody else, it's like, it's not a very straightforward language. My language that I, uh, I have, I've talked to my mom for nine years. She passed away nine years ago. And my grandmother, as you know, has just, just recently taken her journey. And it's funny because I hear both of their voices now and they're distinctly different. And they're talking to me in their different little snarky ways and sense of humor. And I just ask a question. I just, you know, and, and I hear exactly what they would say. And I know yeah. that's not exactly listening to my intuition, but that was just the first thing I, I thought. Well, that of. can be exactly into listening to your intuition. And I often teach people um, when they want to connect with their deceased loved ones, usually if you're imagining it and you're hearing it and it's not super hurtful or painful, right? Because sometimes our projections are, you know, if you had a rough relationship with a parent or somebody, you know, that they're judging you or they're not, they're not. If they are really crossed over, they're, they're in a place now where all that is gone. So as long as that message is uplifting and you're connecting with them, you most likely are. You most likely are. I wouldn't overthink it or over questioning. If it feels right and it feels good, it it is it is the real deal. I had such a funny one the other day that I'll share. My book club had, unbeknownst to me, I would have told them, don't do this. But they had um, taken up a, a collection when my grandmother died. They knew that she was very, very dear to me. And they said, you know, we have this money. What is their, you know, her favorite charity? What what should we do with it? And I was like, oh, man, you guys shouldn't have done that. Um, I don't know. Let me ask her. I'm like, okay, Gigi, my book club took up a collection. What do you want? Like Children's Methodist Hospital. Like, that was like one of her favorite charities. And she's like, no, you tell them that for the next book that you all read, I want to buy everybody the book. <laughs> she said it in her Aww. Southern accent. <laughs> 
And I'm I like, love it. Like, all right, I'll tell Kim. Kim, she said the show. <laughs> She's like, you know, okay, I'll make it happen. If that's what Polly said, I'll make it happen. But it was just so funny because it was so her. <laughs> right. But again, you know, you didn't make that up because you no. would never have thought of that in a million years. No, I was already, my mind was going to, okay, she had that one like Methodist children's home, whatever right. that she loved. That was where my mind was going. And then she's like, nope, this is what I want to do. And she would have loved to have done that. You know, like I want to buy yeah. everybody the book. <laughs> And that is just the most beautiful example of intuition and that kind of communication because it's often surprising. It's often like when I have a hit, I'm like, oh yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. A couple of nights ago, I was having some issues with sleeping and a couple of nights ago, I'm lying in bed and I'm kind of asking the question because I have a thousand supplements I could take and nothing, you know, this has been, nothing had been helping. And all of a sudden I hear pine bark and I'm like, pine bark, what the heck is pine bark? And then I realized that I have a supplement that I sometimes take called pycnogenol, which is made from pine bark. Oh. And I was like, oh. And then in the morning when I woke up, because this happened in the middle of the night, I Google it and it's a jet lag medicine. I was like, okay, close enough. That checks. But again, you, you know. You didn't even know. Said, like you didn't even no, put it no. together. So that's And I how. think again, for me, it came through as pine bark because pycnogenol would have been like you. Like, let me go through my supplements and let me see what it yeah. would be. It would it's not the mental loop, but because they said pine bark and I had to like put it together, you know, I never would have in my mind said pine bark. Right. <laughs> and so again, it's just your example is even better, but it's another example of how, you know, intuition is often very surprising. Yeah. It's not what we think it's going to say. And, you know, but then it checks. Right. You're right. It is surprising. That's what makes it fun. I, I really have fun yeah. with, with my, my little yeah. angel team, my two deceased, uh, angel friend that I talk to all the time now I really oh, enjoy the relationship you got more than that but no yeah. I know but they're the ones I converse with the most yeah but the other the other piece is that you said that's so 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 important Lisa is fun with it because you know human beings we've been taught to make life so serious so serious and life is supposed to I mean you know this this is what you teach right life is supposed to be fun 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 and our soul vibrates naturally at the level of joy like higher than joy, like you can't even imagine. And so when we have playfulness, when we have curiosity, when we have fun, we're vibrating much closer at the level of our soul, which means it's so much easier to connect with our intuition. Yes. Yes. Right? We always say it's all, it's it's just that we have these obstructions that get thrown up between the day-to-day -day experience of ourselves and our true self, which is just unlimited, right. pure joy and love. And, right. and you can tell that a thought is like, we always talk about the different voices in your head. How do you tell which is your inner wisdom and, you know, which is, we call them bucket beliefs, but these like beliefs that get, get reinforced throughout our lives. And it's, you can tell by the vibration, the higher vib vibrations, you know, are going yeah. to be the, the inner wisdom. Your soul doesn't think you suck. Any thought no. that crosses your head that is any version of you sucking is not your inner wisdom talking to you. Never. That is one of Never. those beliefs that got in the way. So. Yeah. And some people do think that, you know, and some people think, oh, my guides are, you know, when they come to me and I, I understand that I speak with spirit guides and they're like, oh, my guides are probably so mad at me. I'm like, they don't they don't get mad at you. <laughs> that, that's your human mind. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cute. And it's that. Yeah. And it's that play and that joy, you know, that that our soul wants us to have here on Earth. That's actually what brought you here, believe it or not, is is intense curiosity and joy and and self-love. And it doesn't always feel like that. But that is that is actually what you're made of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Me too. I believe. I believe. Um, I wanted to ask you about law of attraction. It's one of the things that we work with at Joy School, of course. And I feel like every teacher that I really dig around with on that topic has a few little outlier ideas, a few particular yes and kind of pointers. And I wondered if you'd like to share any of the things that you might have discovered about working with the law of attraction that might be a little you know, unique or different from the regular teachings. All right. I love that. It's one of my favorite topics and it's been one of my favorite topics as of late, but it wasn't always. Uh, when I was first introduced to it, I, someone had me read the secret. I think I shared this uh, on the little, on the time we first met. Um, but uh, I hated it. I was like, what do you mean? Everything I think is going to like create my reality. <laughs> like, and I was already an anxious person. I was like, oh my God, it's, you're going to give me OCD. Um, that's not how it works. So no one has to worry about that. Right. And, and I'm sure people are following you. They, they don't think of it that way. It's, it's the aggregate energy that you put out 
and uh, we are multifaceted beings. So you're putting out energy all the time and you're attracting back what you're putting out, but you're putting out, it's not just what you're thinking about at the moment, right? That every thought that goes by your, your brain, you know, by your, um, why do you say it? Your eyeballs is not necessarily creating your reality. It's, it's how much you engage with it and it's the energy you put in it. And more than that, it's how you feel. It's how you feel. So that's kind of the first thing. But the thing I like to teach most about the law of attraction is this. It's the way the universe works. All right. It's not a special trick that you need to master so that you can, you know, get, get a million bucks. Although if you want a million bucks, you may be able to get it, but <laughs> that way, but that's not, it's just how life works. And so for me, the law of attraction, teaching about the law of attraction is just, we have a deeper understanding of how life is working all the time so that we can live our lives more consciously and work with that process more consciously. And there's no good or bad things from your soul's perspective. There are sort of easier and harder paths, um, but there are no good or bad because every path we understand, everything that's happening in the present moment is exactly as it should be. Um, it can't not be, even though your brain doesn't understand that, your soul does. And, and most people listening are feeling that when I say it. And so, you know, this uh, law of attraction, I love the term conscious creation is another way of thinking about it. We understand more that we are constantly creating. It is the generative force of life. You are a creation yourself and you are constantly creating your reality. And so you're just starting to work with it a little more consciously. And I like to think of it as healing too, because we start to see the parts of ourselves that are creating things that aren't so comfortable. And then we surrender to that. And we work with that and we can start to create things that are more comfortable or at least more things that are more comfortable because life will, you know, life gets lifey sometimes. And then at those moments, that's time for radical self-love. <laughs> life gets and, lifey. Yeah, right, I love yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. And surrender too, because some people think, and I, in the episode that you talk about, I quote Tosha Silver, who I just adore, um, and she will like not talk about the law of attraction or she'll talk about it as like it's a is a negative thing. And I'm like, she is all about the law of attraction. She is a law of attraction teacher. She's teaching about surrendered attraction. And, and that's, I mean, maybe she knows this. I haven't had a conversation with her yet beyond like, you know, listening to her talk, but, um, but that to me is the law of attraction. I've had other people that are much more around, like let's do conscious creation that are like, Oh no, no, I'm not touching Tosha silver. That surrender thing. You know, she's like, and, 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 and for me, those two things are aligned. It's both. It's around the best way to attract is to surrender. Mm. Right. And that's where you find your true power. Oh, say that again. The best way to attract is to surrender. That's so yeah. true. Yeah, that's so true. Because it's the resistance to what we don't want that keeps that energy crusty, frozen in place and surrendering dissolves yeah. it away. And then also we start to tune into our higher selves because you can attract from ego and fear and scarcity. Uh, and some of what you'll attract you won't like, but some of what you attract you might like for a while. Right. Or you can attract from your soul, from your spirit. And when you do that, then you're aligned, then you're living your soul's purpose. Then life is going to keep showing you these miracles that your mind could never have made up. Right. Never could have thought of because your soul is so much wiser than your small mind. And so that's the other piece of surrender. When we let that, we start to agree with, let that bigger part of myself start telling me what I want and showing me and following that. And that's where the intuition comes in because your intuition will nudge you, will show you, you follow that. doesn't mean you don't have preferences. I have preferences, but it means you agree to listen more and more to that higher wisdom and guidance and attract from there. That's when things get like really, 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 really amazing. Yeah, that's where the magic is. I yes, love it. that, exactly. Aww. So tell us like what's up for you, what's new, how people can find you. Book a reading, book a reading. I didn't say <laughs> Aww, that. Thank no, you. I mean your it's reading so much is fun. amazing. Oh, thank you. It's so much fun and it's something I love to do. So what's up for me? I have a podcast myself, Intuitive Connection, where I have wonderful guests like you, and I'm excited to have you as a guest soon too. <laughs> Um, and, uh, our mutual friend, Jacob Dornby, like lots of fun people, but I also do solo casts, which is kind of my, my jam and my dream where I tune in and, uh, see what the guides want to share. And it's just so much fun. So that's, that's a place always to find me. And it's just my happy place. Uh, I do periodic teachings. I have some um, self-paced classes on the website, uh, which is, uh, victoriashawintuitive.com. 
a self-paced uh, activate your intuition class, uh, spirit guide class, reincarnation class, and I'm putting together a class for empaths, which I'm so excited about. And then I do live teachings here in San Diego and a lot of teachings over Zoom. Um, so you can find me in all of those places. And um, I think that's everything that I can think about how to find me. But I, I am I going to take some of those classes. I just got so oh, excited. Yay. I didn't even know you were doing all that. So it's yeah. Victoria Shaw, S-H-A-W, intuitive.com. Right. Com, Com. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you can find the podcast uh, there and on all the major platforms and all the classes are listed there and whatever I'm teaching usually is most recently is usually somewhere on that website too. And you can take my, uh, what is your spiritual superpower quiz, which will pop up when you go to the website and then you also will get yourself on my mailing list. So that's fun too. So wait, what do we find out when we take the quiz? Or- you find out your spiritual superpower. So whether you are compassionate, uh, I mean, we're all, all of these things, but whatever your, your predominant one, compassion, uh, manifestation, uh, I have to remember all of them, insight or intuition. And then there's one more that will, uh, or presence. So I'm yeah. going to go do that right after this. <laughs> I want to know my, my superpower. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I, I, I'm hoping to rejigger it sometime soon, but, um, but yeah, because everyone gets uh-huh. compassion. I think maybe we're just all compassionate, but I'm like, how does everyone get that one? <laughs> well, now I'm going to feel really bad <laughs> if I don't get compassion. <laughs> Yeah, but compassion isn't the, you know, where we started. Compassion isn't necessarily the top of the pyramid. And I think there are a lot of beings on the planet right now, right? Especially our old solely types that have just, you know, we walked on the planet so long and it hurts us to see hurt because we know it's not supposed to be here. Mm. And we have these kind of bleeding hearts, but compassion is a beautiful thing when there's self-compassion first. And we also are able to respect the integrity of everyone else's journey. Mm. Right. And so that, that for that, you kind of need the other superpowers too. And you need that balance. Mm, right. Yeah. So. It's beautiful. That is so true. Well, is there anything that's on your mind or heart that we haven't touched on that you want to leave uh, with the listeners? Let me see if anything else wants to come through. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. Just first of all, thank you because this was so much fun and I'm just so glad that our paths cross and we get to meet and we get to play together multiple times. It's so exciting. So that's number one. And, uh, and number two, just for everybody listening, just know, uh, that you are a beautiful, lovable soul. Um, and that, you know, you found yourself on the planet at this time for a reason. And it's because you have a unique gift to share with the world. Right. And the more that you're able to do you, the more you're able to love yourself, show yourself with compassion and have a little fun and play too when you can, when you're at it, the more you're going to be able to share and shine your light to everyone around you. And I just have a feeling that you attract those peeps for whom that will seem like a really, really good deal and what they, they know innately they're here to do. Ah, I think but you're it, right. I think you're but right. it starts with you. So remember that. You can't shine it out if you're not giving it to yourself first. Thank you so much. I have loved this. It's really fun. Thank you so much, Lisa. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Okay, how much do we love Victoria? She is so us, right? She gave y'all a little list of practices that you could choose from for your home play this week, right? She talked about journaling your observations around the signs and synchronicities that you notice as one way to build your intuitive skills, recording messages you might get from your dreams. And my favorite that I want you to focus on this week, even if you do the others as well, I want you to notice what stills your mind. 
We all know that there are deliberate practices like meditation and breathing techniques. We've done those together. But Victoria mentioned even more basic routine parts of your day that might provide that stillness for you. Driving, knitting, walking. Just look around your life and take note of what little pieces of your day are providing opportunities for your mind to rest in that beautiful stillness. That stillness is so nourishing, so beneficial for establishing that connection with your inner wisdom. We always talk about that core part of you that is joy and love and light. So take note, please, of where you give yourselves that, my darlings. At Joy School, we've come to an ideal entry point for the Year of Joy program, so you'll definitely want to check that out at lisamccourt.com. Spring is energetically, seasonally an optimal time to begin a program like Year of Joy, and we'd love to welcome you at our weekly meetings. I'm offering a free joy training workshop at the Institute for Creative Living on March 30th. So if you're listening prior to that date, you'll want to be sure and sign up for that at lisamaccord.com. Be well, my sweet peas. I love you and I'll see you next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.